0: Hello and welcome to Midpoint. I am thrilled to bring you today's guest and boy is it hard to pin this man down. He's got enough energy to power a small city and passion oozing from every pore. As a footballer, he's won 21 trophies, including a World Cup. And on social media, his loyal nine and a half million followers see a man who is on a mission to change the world, bringing positivity and light and policy change as well, wherever he goes. I was lucky enough to live in a tent with him for a few weeks earlier this year. It is, of course, my freeze the fear campmate, the incredible Patrice Everett. This episode is brought to you by Solgar, and here's something you might not know about our sponsor. They've been working with the Carbon Neutral Company since 2000, so over 20 years achieving full carbon neutral status in 2010. They've invested in a variety of projects, from the planting of native trees in long-term natural woodland to the installation of solar panels for communities around the world, again showing that they are the gold standard in everything they do. So get yourself over to solgar.co.uk and you can use the code THEMIDPOINT for 30% off their range of over 300 vitamins and Generals. Right, let's get cracking with Patrice. Patrice Evra, it is so amazing to see you. I feel like uh, I'm reunited with my buddy, and, and to see your <laughs> smile and to hear your laugh is just, it's exhilarating. How are you?
1: I'm still alive, Gabby. I'm still alive. Happy to see you too. I miss you guys, even if I've been traveling all around the world. But like you said, Gabby, i be a We share an amazing experience and actually today is the big day so yes missing you guys and thank you for having me in your podcast oh it's, it's
0: amazing to have you on because Patrice unlike a lot of things that you do in your life it, that's not actually true you do so many things in your life but a lot of the time you're talking about football and we won't be discussing football per se today because this is all about <laughs> where he's cheering yes. at where you are in your life and when I met you on Freeze the Fear with Wim Hof it, it struck me that you're somebody who's gone through a big metamorphosis as a person and I, f- I thought I bet if I'd spent this much time with Patrice Everett at 28. I might have met a very different man to the one I lived with in a tent in Italy for three weeks. You know, at 40 you seem to have come a long way. Would I be right?
1: You're absolutely right, Gabby. I think I'm a, I'm a different human being. You know, I won't say man or woman. I'm a, just a different human being. I understand the life much better. I have a different approach. Uh, i always been like a, a happy person, a positive person but... Uh, the difference is before when other people around me was were happy, that's what made me happy. but now i'm a little bit i will say a little bit selfish and I enjoy my own happiness. but thanks to the woman of my life, you know margot she 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 changed me as a man, and to be to be honest with you, Gabby, she was the key of everything changed in my life because before that I was a, absolutely a, a different man, you know, like you say, playing football focus, a war machine, you know. Winning is the only things matter. And you know, you sacrifice so many things in your life. What I explain also in my book is uh, the new generation, they just see the end, but they don't understand it's a long journey. It's a long sacrifice to do. And myself, like emotionally as a man, I open myself more, you know, I get rid of all that toxic masculinity. I have a a difficult uh, childhood. But now I'm just an happy person. And uh, yeah, we can come back to all the things. Yeah, I know. There's so lots, to, there's speak, lots to unpick there,
0: Patrice, because <laughs> your childhood
1: was tough. You're one
0: of uh, yeah. many, many siblings. 28 siblings. Is it 20?
1: No, 20. We are 25. Sorry, 25, Island, 25, 25. Just added three more on yeah. there. Uh, Twenty. But you, you're not wrong because my dad's, they maybe some of them he didn't recognize. So it's not like. Yeah, he's a crazy guy. I think he never watched TV or maybe he lost the remote. He was a busy guy. Like in one door, one room, one bedroom, we weren't allowed to go there because he was the baby bedroom. (laughs) 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 And I've got got eight, nine nephews now. And they all call me Santa. (laughs) (laughs)
0: They all expect a lot from Uncle Patrice. But that's, exactly. that's a tough environment to grow up in. And you, were, you weren't a product of an academy. You weren't a product of a kid who was picked up at six years old and taken into an academy and groomed to be a footballer. You were playing on the streets. You had a challenging life. And it was almost like a sliding doors moment where somebody spotted you on literally on the street. And that kind of propelled you into the professional game it strikes me that that's, that's not an ideal way, is it, to prepare for adult life and to prepare for what was coming next?
1: No, no at all, Gabby, But, you know, uh, instead of, like, playing the victim, like, I, I, I just not give up, you know, and they tell my passion about life and everything, you know. When I was 13 years old, I used to beg money in front of shop to buy a sandwich called kebab. I used to, to go to eat the lunch of my brother when he used to work at uh, McDonald's. So, you know, when my dad left the house, uh, I was 10 years old and that's when it getting worse because I was like living in the street, I'm not proud of, but it was more about surviving. I always say to people, you know, when you're born as a color person in this world, it's already a disadvantage. And when you you grow up in the street, it's not like you want to play a gangster or whatever, it's about surviving. And when you get sexually abused at the age of 13, it's a trauma. So with all of that, you know, I made it and that's why, you know, I want to inspire the other kids to 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 never give up, no matter what's happening to your life. So and also, you know, living with a big family, it wasn't easy, and especially now, because I need to help everyone. But it's fixed with experience and that's me, you know, I never find any excuse. I know many people will will have many issues, mental health or whatever. But yeah, that's the uncle Part. Well-
0: Patrice, you you threw that in there. Something so traumatic in your childhood as to be sexually abused. And this is something that you've only spoken about quite recently and Uh. released. And I imagine that was a release to be able to talk about that. And all those things you said there, so many people, their lives were going in a very different direction. So I just want to try and understand, because a lot of people listening to this will really relate, how you attained that positivity and kept believing that you could, against the odds, achieve what you did. You know, where was that... Where was that spirit and fight coming from, do you
1: think? No, Gabi, you know, this is a really good question, Gabi. And I still don't know. But what I would say, maybe I've got the resilience from my mom. You know, when people ask me, who is your heroes, I always say my mom. you know. I remember during a, a game, I was playing with the French national team and my brother, they called me and they said, Patrice, you need to, to go to, come to the hospital. Mommy, she's in the hospital. I said, what's wrong? They say, she has a stomach problem. So it was weird. The next day I went to the hospital I went to his bedroom and, you know, I kiss her and I sit next to her, but I was too close to her. Then, you know, when I pull up the blanket and I see it was one leg missing. So I was devastated. I was really angry with the doctor, but I, apparently she had the congress. They said it was like the two legs going, getting like really dark. So, and after that, she's still the same woman. She's still dancing. You know, she had a fake leg now, but she's still like a really strong woman. So I think maybe I get that. From my mom, you know, to uh, to never give up. I, I never had any mentor. No one like tell me to do whatever. I remember when I was a kid, people even my my French teacher, you know, when you come to sc- school, they were like, "What you want to become later?" And everyone was saying like they want to be lawyer, some people doctor, you know, good job. And I said I want to be a footballer player, and that teacher was laughing, and she was like, "But the uh, footballer player is not a job." And after she was gay, getting even further, she was like, do you think in 300 kids, they're going to pick one kid and it's going to be you? And I was like, yes. And everyone was laughing. So you see, yeah, the, right now, I don't want to take any revenge against that teacher, but I just don't want her to tell the same things to other kids because mentally I was so strong. You know, when some kids, they say, Patrice, I want to be the president of the universe, even if he doesn't exist. I'm like, go for it. Do, do the sacrifice for it. So this is my... Mentality, but to be honest with you, Gabby, I didn't have anybody like to help me. You know, I was in the street, and that's it. What we learned through the
0: Wim Hof process yeah. was that somewhere inside the trauma gets buried, and how important it is to release that and. I think a lot of people will get a lot from the show when they watch it, trying to understand that, the breathing and the cold water therapy. However you decide to to do that, it's so important, isn't it, to be able to move on in your life. Was there a danger, do you think, when you're in your early 30s and you're achieving everything, you've won so many trophies, that you could have kind of carried on post-football with that attitude? It wouldn't have been as fulfilling a life, I don't think, would it? Because you wouldn't have had anywhere to vent that kind of frustration that was obviously
1: what you did on a football pitch? I think, Gabby, are you a psychologist Because <laughs> your answers are, like, just amazing. But, uh, no, Gabby, you're right. I think many times, you know, my anger, you know, my fire inside, I was always saying, like, it's because from the, uh, from the street, I am tough. So, talking about Margot, the woman of my life, um, mm-hmm. we were watching something on TV about the pedophile, and... She said to me, if someone like do that to her kids, you know, I'm going to kill him, man. My face just changed and she said, Patrice, what's wrong? I said, nothing. She said, Patrice, I can see something we don't like between each other. Then I tell her the story for the first time ever in my life to someone. So she cried, I cry, and I decide, I say, you know what? I have to say it in my book because it's not for me. It's for other people because I live through that trauma. So what happened to me is I blocked all my emotions. Like even when we were winning trophy, I was faking my joy. Uh, I never been sad. I lost two of my brothers. Some of my friends being shot. And I was like, I wasn't even surprised. When we were going to the, to the funeral, to the church, everyone was crying. I was sometimes even laughing. So I blocked all those emotions. So that's what it damaged in my life. And also that's the education I got from my dad. Crying was a weakness and actually it's wrong. And that's why this woman also helped me to relieve myself because for so many years also, I grew up as a coward. I feel I was a coward, and, you know, keep that guilt in my chest because when I was 24 years old and I was playing for Monaco, the police called me and they said, Patrice, you know, we got some complaint about kids with that man and uh, we know you live with it. So he didn't have uh, done anything to you. And I was, I'd say, no. Oh. Are you sure, Patrice And I say, no. And I put the phone down. And I will tell you one thing, you know, when those trauma happen to yourself, so you feel shame about yourself, you feel guilty, you feel you don't know if people are going to believe you if you're going to share it. So it's many of those things. And also, you know, for my image, I was like, people going to think about it. So that's why now to come out, it's not that easy, you know, because after they also need the support, I didn't tell it to my mom. I didn't tell it to my 24 brothers and sister. I've got many people mm-hmm. to, to talk about it. So that's why when people say, oh, Patrice, you are uh, so brave. No, it's not about being brave. Those people, when they are not talking, it's not being about not being brave. It's just because they didn't find the safe place where they can, you know, open themselves. And now, Now, lucky I am. I I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I see my little baby Lilas and stuff I didn't do before. So I'm a completely different man.
0: You are a completely different man. And (laughs) and the timing of all of that was probably really fortuitous because, you know, all top sports people, um, even those that haven't had the very, very humble beginning you had, They come into an arena where they're idolised. Everybody tells them all the time they're amazing. You can't go on the street without people coming up to you and telling you you're a legend. Mm. And then no matter how you think you're prepared, at the end of your career that does stop to a certain extent, doesn't it? And, you know, and you have to adjust your mindset into being kind of an ordinary guy, uh, even though you're always going to be quite extraordinary. <laughs> so, so that's, you can see it with ex-sports people. Sometimes they really struggle with that because this is a kind of midlife crisis almost coming, isn't it? You know, how much yes. were you thinking about that as a player and being prepared for it?
1: I think this uh, example, it doesn't talk to me because I create a monster with the, I love yeah. this game. And you're 10 so million devoted recognized.
0: followers on Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So to spread all that positive energy. So now even people don't know about football, they know me. So I still get, you know, whatever I go, people want a picture or whatever. Yeah. So I still got that, but I speak with friends. And when they retire and you're right, Gabby, they get in depression because, you know, when they play, sometimes they don't want to do picture and whatever. But when they retire, they actually miss it. Yeah. They actually miss it. It's like a drug. And me, I don't have that kind of problem, to be because honest. You still, like you're even, still mobbed wherever you go. <laughs> I'm still mobbed. I'm still mobbed. But even I think if I didn't still mob, I'll be honest with you, Gabby. I want my freedom. I want to back as a normal person doing my own things. Because now my joy is just like going to the park with my son and doing normal stuff and not being recognised. So I'm a human being. We're going to die all together. So why I should like pretend, you know, I am someone different. And that's the mistake all those football players, superstars, they're doing because they, we live in the bubble, you know. And when you retire, actually you you start to live in the normal life. And some people are surprised, you know, sometimes I don't want to blame those, those superstars when they come to the normal life and they have to do the queue or they leave the maybe, <laughs> you know, it's not any place when they book a restaurant and they're like in shock. But actually not, it's because they always been treating like king mm. in their whole life. And when they arrive to the normal life, suddenly they're like, oh. That's why Gabi, I want to say something really important and in football, actually we don't talk about enough is the mental health. Like in football, you can't be vulnerable. The Patrice ever I am right now, I don't think I would succeed if I was playing football because emotionally I'm too open. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And the old patriot, the 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 machine, the one, you know, he blocked his emotion. He was a warrior on the pitch, you know, he was giving everything. You know, like I can even like mentioning about being gay in football, you know, it's dumb. It's like you can't be a gay footballer player. Like people will go mad. And I give the example when I was playing for West Ham and someone for the English from the English Federation came and he said, you know, we need to accept everyone. And the amount of players, they were like, no, it's some of my teammates' Gay, We have to leave now. I won't do any shower. So I let them speak. And suddenly I stand up and I say, like, shut up. Shut up, everyone. Can you hear yourself? Like, we are in 2021 at the time. And we still don't accept everyone. So you see, it's many matters in the football mm. world. And they are not open-minded, you know. And it's a shame. Can you believe, Patrice, in
0: 2022, there isn't an openly gay top flight footballer in the Premier League? It's incredible.
1: Oh, Gabby, I understand because even myself, when the the, the player they were coming to me, I was like, be careful because if you say loud, you see the reaction of other player. But I will support you. And because I had such a power in the dressing room, I will protect it. I will support it. Would you it. be happy,
0: I don't know if you're going to work on the World Cup or not in Qatar, but would you be happy to say those things in a country like Qatar, which has got legislation? Gabi,
1: I say it, I say it everywhere. I've, I've, I've done my African trip. Nigeria is a homophobic uh, country. I say it in the podcast. We need to change that. I don't care, Gabi, because I am a man of people. I want people to be treated equally. Let's
0: just put this into context. You've been on this tour yeah. tour of Africa. The, the work you do. Was, how would you describe what you're
1: doing when you're? I was uh, in a mission. I was ending the violence against children. I was for the equality, gender, and the mental health. I think this is the three topic now in my life. So that's why I was in Africa, coming back also to my roots. I did four days in Senegal, two days in the Ivory Coast, five days in Nigeria. It was about like you know going to see different program, different center about like. You know, little girl being raped because also now we have a bigger issue. Uh, and it was really tense because I meet a mother and her daughter, she was 12 years old and she's a disabled girl and she's been raped. But actually, that person is not even in jail. But me talking about my sexual abuse, then people will be like, oh, if Patrice, that nation, talk about it. That it gives me courage to talk about it.
0: Your social media is notoriously positive and fun and upbeat. And it feels like it feeds both sides. You know, it feeds you as well, as much as you feed your audience. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you oh. get so much out of I love this game.
1: But absolutely, Gabby, you know, I love this game. It's, it's not about any sport. It's not about game. It's about I love my life. But I prefer to say game because sometimes in life you win or you lose. It's a positive message. It's about, like, you know, sharing with, with people. And like you say, I'm sorry, Gabby. when I did, like, a funny video and I see some comment, they say, Patrice, my dad just passed away and watching one of your videos make me smile. This is more important than winning the Champions League. So and their harder.
0: gratitude feeds you, obviously. Um, exactly. It's exhausting giving of yourself in that way, though, isn't it? You know, to to keep giving and to keep kind of sharing your positivity, you've got to get your own energy balance right. So let's talk about how you do that, because what struck me about living with you in the tent was we were very keen you and I and Chelsea Grimes actually to keep exercising as much as we could when we were there and I think like me you get a lot of energy from exercising it keeps you and and your body seems to have fared pretty well from football you don't seem to have any aches and pains you're you know so so how do you manage that you don't even appear to you know kind of have any back or knee problems you just you you seem to have managed to skirt around those I'll
1: be honest with you Gabby. you know many of uh, retired footballer player, they have problem with their knee, with their back. But I always say it's maybe like thirty percent exercise, but seventy percent is about being healthy. You know, I'm not a drinker of alcohol, and I don't mind like if people drink alcohol, some glass of wine or whatever. But healthy food is the most important, and I keep myself, you know exercise I like to be alert like Mm. I like to and I and it's so crazy Gabby because when I used to play I had problems sometimes in my knee like back pain and I don't have them anymore because I'm just like training I'm doing like some crossfit when I get time, and I'm doing some jumping in the box and normally you know for footballer player Mm. when you jump that's when you damage your knee and I don't have any issue so it's a lot of like it's healthy life Mm. I think healthy life that's the secret and also you know age is just a number Like, I can't even believe in one month I'm going to be 41 years old. When I say my age to people, they're like, this guy is lying. You know, sometimes they say he's 25. (laughs) and No, guys, I'm I'm 41. But it's just like I like to take care of myself. And I'm just enjoying, like, everything in life. I think life makes me feel good and make me feel happy and also people. Are you
0: aware, though, when sometimes when your energy starts to kind of like wane, how do you get yourself back? How do you make sure that you recharge
1: your batteries? That's the thing. I think who make me recharge my battery, actually, is, is my wife, it's Margot. I think that's the moment when I am with them, then I feel like I don't have to entertain Pace. So hang
0: on, does Margot sure. not get funny, lively, cheeky Patrice? Does she get a different Patrice?
1: She, uh, she got it. No, <laughs> she got it. Sometimes. Enough. Oh my God. <laughs> but she entertained me even more than I entertain her. That's the best part. So, and she wouldn't be shy. She would never, you know, show it on the screen or whatever. But no, of course, like everyone get the real Patrice because I don't know how to act. This is just being myself. But also I like uh, cinema. I think when I go to cinema, that's when also I just uh, Zone out. switch off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But also, I'll be honest with you, Gabby. I'm not someone my my mind like keep thinking. You know, sometimes Margot, she's like, what are you thinking right now? I'm like, nothing. They're like, no, you're thinking about something. And I promise you, I've got that place when it's just like, it's that box, it's an empty box. And I don't think about anything. Or Margot herself, like, they keep thinking what I'm going to do next. What I'm going to do next to me, I'm living the present. Like right now, I'm focused about what I'm doing. It's like doing the podcast, you know, because I always say, like, if you think about the past, you're going to live with regret. Mm. And if you think about the future, you will live with anxiety or stress. And me, I'm just here. I'm just here. So that's why my brain actually doesn't, you know, work that has, it, has
0: that always been the case, Patrice? That is such a powerful, incredible way to be able to live to it, right in the present. You know, it's what people completely aspire to, to do? Has that been something you've learned? Because in football, you're always planning for a match, right? You're always looking ahead.
1: Gabby, I was the worst. Like even some of my manager, I didn't even know the, you know, the player I will play against because I was switched up. I never watched football because when I was back home, I was just playing. I was just enjoying the moment. And some manager, they were like, Patrice, you need to watch your video. I never watched like any final of Champions League. I never watched any of my games. Because it's the past and sometimes I know you need to be prepared and whatever, but this is me. So there's no five-year plan for Patrice. It is literally,
0: I'm here right now. No. And-
1: <laughs> but I think my, my, team, my team now are a little bit had enough of that. So <laughs> I'm gonna meet, they're going to come to meet me in Dubai in two weeks because they want to plan what I'm going to do the next two years. Because right now I'm doing so many things mm. and I, I feel blessed and grateful I've got so many opportunities.
0: This seems like a great time to bring in our expert because Narina Ramlikan is fascinated with the way modern life exhausts people and it can really derail their, their kind of energy. Clearly Patrice, this is not the case with you and I'm sure I'm sure Narina is going to be really interested to learn how you've achieved that. So uh, welcome to the midpoint Narina. Good morning, Gabby. Patrice basically was just describing how he manages to live right in the moment. And if I'm not wrong, you work with people who just can't achieve that level of kind of being in the moment and do find modern life very exhausting.
2: Absolutely. I've spent the last 25 years doing that. And sadly, I've made a really good living out of it, you know. But, you know, I understand what that feels like. I once had huge problems myself being able to be in the moment Everything's just going so fast. The world is so speedy. And a lot of this is to do with technology and the way we've responded to it. Mm. But what's happening is we're constantly putting our attention out there. And in order to sleep well and to sleep deeply and restoratively, we need to be here right now in our bodies. And I think the reason why you're probably going to relate to a lot of the the audience here, they'll relate to you, because
0: midlifers... A looking kind of going, hang on a minute, have I done enough in my life? I'm 48 years old, you know, all those things that go on with midlife. It's a questioning time. It's a
2: profoundly questioning time. And I can certainly relate to that myself. And there's a reason why we call it the sandwich years. Because, what will also be going on? Uh, well, if we think about women, there'll be hormonal changes, your physiology changes, which makes you more vulnerable to having sleep problems. It can do because your nervous system changes and we need to know how to adapt. So, how do you help people then, Norena? What What's the best way for people, if you for us? Well, over to, the last 25 coat, coat years, I have used my personal insight, my professional experience, my background in physiology, my experience of working with so many people over the years to find really practical ways. Ways of stilling themselves, finding their balance point when there's a storm going on around them, stilling the nervous system. I help them to understand what's going on in the nervous system and to navigate from running in survival mode, which is the sympathetic nervous system, into the safety mode, which is the parasympathetic. I start with something called the five non-negotiables, which are the five things which will reset the nervous system if you do them for seven to 21 days. And then once we've applied the five non-negotiables, we've reset the nervous system a bit, cleaned up the energy, that's what I call it, then we can start to go deeper. And often that's when you'll start to work with the real source of the sleep problem. The reason why the person can't slow down, because they're running in fear. Why? Maybe it's the relationship that doesn't feel good and they don't want to address it. Or maybe it's the job that they're in. You know, they've got a Jackass of a boss or something, but they haven't got the resources to deal with it. But once I help them to find their resources with those five non negotiables, they're then ready to deal with the source can, of the problem. Can you tell Patrice and I what the five non negotiables are? you might are. ask that. If you're waking up with anxiety, if you're having difficulty getting to sleep or staying asleep, if you've got that knotted feeling in the pit of your stomach, as soon as you wake up and your mind is racing, don't fast. Eat breakfast within about 45 minutes of rising, and include in that breakfast a source of protein. So that's That's number one. one. Eat, don't, don't skip breakfast. Number two, don't use caffeine as a substitute for food. It's going to rev up the sympathetic nervous system. You will continue to run in survival mode. Number three, hydrate your body and ideally alkalize some of that water so that your cells soak up the liquid. Your brain soaks it up and your sleep biochemistry works optimally. That's number three. Number four, get to bed earlier three or four nights a week the architecture of our sleep is intelligent and the the sleep before midnight sets you up for amazing deep sleep as you go. It sets the rhythm of your sleep throughout the night. It's like doing a a good warm up before the game, but it also helps to detoxify the brain. It reduces coronary risks. So there's a lot of emerging research that shows the sleep before midnight, really important. Number five, get your phone out of the bedroom. Cultivate a healthier relationship with technology when you wake up during the night, not if, when, because everyone wakes up during the night, it's normal. When you wake up, don't look at the time. Find your restfulness in your body. Feel your way back into your body. Put your hand on your belly. Put one hand on your heart. Come back in. Notice your breathing. Drop down into rest. Don't pressurize yourself to sleep. Think about resting. Those are the five non-negotiables, Narina, which sound very, very
0: sensible indeed. Having slept with Patrice, I have to say that carefully <laughs> in a tent, he was he was he was the, in the bed kind of opposite me. So I, you know, I think him and I were quite often the, the two to turn our lights out the latest because we were both reading. When I say late, we were not late to bed, Narina. We didn't have any phones either. But I slept pretty well actually, Patrice. Eventually, when we yeah. were in that tent, which I didn't think I would, having s- seven strangers around me. Narina, that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you, Narina. Thanks, Narina. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Patrice, uh, something that Narina said there: uh, your Margot is a lot younger than Mm. you, and I. And she talked about you know hormones changing and all that kind of thing. So you've got a while to to go before that happens to Margot. And how aware of you of your own hormonal? changes and what happens to men in midlife have you have you, <laughs> have, you uh, have you thought about that have you read about it
1: uh, i didn't read about it i didn't think about that like you say gabby i don't like to anticipate things but if i say the way it changed like for example first of all when we say younger woman women are 10 men than men <laughs> men men won't admit it because they are <laughs> macho or whatever you are like 10 years in advance from men um it's just, I feel like, for example, being a dad at 24 years old and being a dad at 38, is absolutely different. Like, I'm a different man, I'm a different approach. Like even, like I say, emotional, like when now someone is crying or a woman is crying, like instead of like for relationships, sorry, I will talk about relationships. Yeah. Uh, before, like if uh, my ex-wife will, will cry, it will annoy me, why are you crying? Whatever, now, I don't don't ask why she's crying. I'm focused on the the feeling, the emotion. She's crying, I have to solve it. I will give you an example. Margot was still pregnant. She was drinking a juice and suddenly she drink and she spit a little bit on her shirt. And she starts crying because you know, when you're pregnant, your hormones are like crazy, whatever. And I look at her, Gabby, and I think for the first time ever, and people will say that they call love, but I think it's not just love. I cry straight away because he hurt me, because I feel I was focused, what she was doing right now, she was crying, not about just because he spit a little bit of juice. So that's the way I improve because Mm -hmm. I'm not judging her. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what, she feel better. Then after we're gonna talk, because sometimes women, they just need like just a cuddle. Like when they have something, just to cuddle is enough. Before, because men, we like to find a solution. Oh, don't worry. Like, don't worry is the worst thing you can say <laughs> to a woman. Or oh, it's okay. It's okay is the worst thing. No, it's not okay. It's fine to not be so, okay. So
0: what you're talking about, I think, is empathy. You seem to have... Empathy.
1: You empathy. You seem to have
0: tapped into your well of empathy, which perhaps you weren't even lifting the lid on.
1: David, that's the word I was, uh, I was looking for, is empathy. And as a man I'm going older and going holder and holder, that's the things I'm getting more. If someone got something instead of just, you know, helping him with money, I would try to understand the problem. You know, I've got more empathy.
0: Which is no bad thing, and it makes you it makes you more vulnerable, but it also makes you yeah. more connected, and it makes you more it makes all emotions more vivid, doesn't it? And it makes things more colorful. Life must feel more colorful, perhaps than it, it ever did before.
1: It, it feel more colorful. You feel like more vulnerable, like you say, Gabi. And you know, uh, when we did the show, the only I will say um, uh, experience I didn't did that's when. I feel the most alive. That's why yeah. I feel the most connected when I see people crying because they see I was finally vulnerable and not like a robot or like a superhero. Yeah. So that's what you say. You feel like more vulnerable, but you are more connected to people.
0: And when you did that, and I won't say what it is, just in case this podcast goes out when that hasn't no. happened. <laughs> when that When that day happened, when finally Patrice found something that he could say, no, I don't want to do this. Mm. When that mm. happened and there was so much support for you, You didn't feel any less alpha, did you? You didn't come away that evening and think somehow, you know, like Popeye, your spinach had been taken away and suddenly you didn't have like, you know, your male strength. You still were very much in your male power.
1: Yeah, I was feeling proud for for the first time saying no to a challenge. And I was feeling as a normal person because that's the, the kind of sort of things I'm searching right now in my life because I make things look so easy. Then every time I do something, people like, yeah, state. That's but the that's problem. The,
0: but that's the beautiful thing. It's metamorphosis. And I know my time's running out with you, but that's that's what it's all about. We have a lot of time, Gabby.
1: Don't getting
0: worry. To, <laughs> getting <laughs> to the middle of your life when so many things are changing growing into the person that you are and you want to be, you know, and, and at different stages, we need different resiliences. We need different tools to deal with life, don't we? And we learn and it's and it's about wisdom. And one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast as well, because we can't spend four decades on this planet without accruing some kind of wisdom. I guess it's putting that into practice, isn't it? And seeing but, how you can help others, how you can change.
1: I, I, think, I think what I love, uh, not about myself, I'm not like pretend, but it's like, I like to listen to people. Because, you know, when we went to that uh, experience, the Wim Hof experience and see seven different, you know, personality, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you, Gabi. I learned a lot from other like uh, celebrity. And this is really important. Like I came to a point where I'm alive. I'm like, I don't know nothing. I know nothing about life. I still have to grow up, you know, when you, I feel like my life start now. Before I had my life, I was playing football, but now it's just like I qualify myself as an ice bear and mm. I will give even more to the world and I don't even know, you know, my potential, my quality. I remember mm. when Ferguson also gave me like the captaincy, he said Patrice you go I was like, Are you mad? you know, at the time it was like when Rune Rio Ferdinand, it was still Ryan Giggs, whatever. He said no, because Patrice, you know how to drive people and you know how to communicate. So that's why you know I give you the captaincy, but I wasn't aware about all of that. And I don't want to be aware about all of that. That's quite interesting
0: because what you kind of in a way contradicted what I said, but which is good. I like that. Because actually what you're saying is that and I agree with you, one of the big experiences I got from Wim Hof wasn't just the breathing and the cold water. I spent time with people that I never would have been in close proximity to and learned so much from different people. And what it made me realize is that we should never close down our kind of channel and say, these are my friends. These are my people. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to, you know, there's always room for different people, more different people in your life, I think, you know, and and that's aging. If you stop learning from people, that's aging, I think, you know. but, but,
1: but, But Gabby, you say something so beautiful, I remember in the tent, and you say, oh, now when I'm going to go home, I'm going to let everyone do what they want to do. You remember, because you, you, you like to be in charge. You like to be in control. <laughs> and it's a good thing because we're always being in control in our life. But I remember you say, you know, living though so beautiful for you to say it.
0: Yeah, and I really tried hard on that. Funnily enough, my kids, we were walking down the road the other day and my kids said to me, I'd obviously fallen off that track because my kids said, "Mom, maybe it's time to go back to a tent in Italy for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a little note to me that obviously I just started to get controlling again. But do you know what, Patrice? Before I went to Italy, every Sunday night, I have a blackboard Mm. in the kitchen and I would write this blackboard. I'd write the days of the week, what everybody was doing. And I haven't written the blackboard since I got back. So that's, yeah, there you go. what I
1: mean, Gabby. But yeah, you're different. But you can see from the day one and the last day, we all we all change, we all being different person. And you know, I definitely, you got that Gabby, when we go back home, suddenly everything was flat. I remember I get like two or three days, but I I talked with the psycholog and he he warned me about that. So I was aware of that. Mm. So I was like, it's normal, but you you were feeling a little bit your life is boring because what we were doing was so amazing and so intense. So yeah, backing home people, and you couldn't share. Everything. You know, people will be like, what's happening? What's?" A-?
0: It's impossible, like- isn't it? It's impossible.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. So that's why now they're going to see the show and finally they're going to understand what we experience.
0: And finally, do you enjoy a cold shower every now and again, Patrice?
1: Gabi, yes. Yay! Unbelievable, yes. <laughs> i still doing it. I feel good. That's why this experience was... Ju- I didn't do the things just because, you know, it was during the show... I include it in my life because I did this show because I wanted to change. And yes, Gabi, I finish all my shower with cold shower and I love it. And I love it.
0: And on that note I think it's time for me to say Patrice go out and spread more love and more love for this game and I'm going to do a little a little photo Patrice as well just so that um I can prove to our gang that you are here today our our little whatsapp group still alive and well and it's always great when you pop along and say hello uh Patrice Evra thank you so so much for your time today um it's been great chatting to you As you can probably tell, I loved chatting to Patrice and I loved getting to know him better as well on Freeze the Fear. I've previously met him a couple of times in his football days, but what I saw inside that tent was a brave, witty, vulnerable and kind man. And I think you can hear when he talks about the abuse he suffered as a child and why he's talking about it now, it's really remarkable what he's doing. He's got such influence around the world, not just in the UK, because of Manchester United and winning a World Cup with France. So what he's doing in Africa and talking about the things that he is Really is remarkable, and I wish him and his family all the very best. And I hope I've got a friend for life. Thank you to Narina for her advice and taking the time to share her knowledge with us. And if you want more of her, her book, Tired But Wired, How to Overcome Your Sleep Problems, is a really great read. Thank you to Solgar for sponsoring their gold-topped products. I really are the gold standard. And remember, the midpoint is the code you need for 30% off their amazing 300 minerals and vitamins. You don't have to buy all 300, but there'll be something for you in their range, so go check out their website and use the Midpoint as your code. Thank you to Lauren Armstrong Carter for producing and to you for listening, but also to you for sending in your Midpoint moments to my social media accounts. Clark says, when I caught sight of myself in a store mirror and thought it was my mother, I'm sure your mother is absolutely beautiful, so there's no need to think of that as a scary moment. I realise I no longer make excuses, says Linda life." for my musical tastes. Alfie Bow is played as loud as Oasis. Thank you so much for all of those. Keep those coming in and I'll try and get them onto the podcast every week. But until next time, it's goodbye from me. (laughs)